going into a porn shop isn't awkward. It's awesome! At Adult Temptations, everyone is entitled to a happy, healthy sex life. Visit the store at 211 Black Street in Whitehorse for a selection of adult toys, lubes, lingerie, novelties, and films. You can also check out products online at adulttemptations.ca. Adult Temptations, in pursuit of a healthy, intimate lifestyle. I was adamant that I was never going to race with Crispin. I liked him way too much. I thought it was too risky for a relationship. Um, I've, I mean, I've been around RiverQuest enough that I know that it's hard on, on people's friendships. There are people who uh, don't speak to each other again, either ever or for a long time. So I was really, uh, well, and you know, the canoe has the nickname of being the divorce boat. So I said, no, I'll, I'll never, I'll never race with Crispin. Um, but it's also hard to race against Crispin. Like I don't really want to be in the same race as him and not be on his team either because I'd I'd have to race against him and that's hard. (laughs) This is Frisky North of 60. I'm Karen McCall. Normally I'm joined by my pal Mark Kelly. However, he is on vacation. It's summer. It's hard to schedule our lives at the same time, but he will be back for our next episode, which is a good one. It's about the Yukon Women's Midlife Clinic. Not just an episode for women, lots of good stuff in there for men and women and uh, everyone else. So take a listen to that. Also take a listen to the end of this episode. I'll tell you how you can win two tickets to the Eclipse Nordic Hot Springs. They've added a cold pool that you can check out that in addition to their hot pools, saunas, steam rooms, a great place to go for a date or with friends or family. Today I'm speaking to my good friends, Carmen and Crispin for this episode. Carmen and Crispin have defied the divorce boat. If you don't know what a divorce boat is, well, just picture being in a canoe with your partner or a previous partner for long periods of time. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. It probably might not go that well. Well, Carmen and Crispin took that to the next level. In July, they paddled the Yukon 1000. That's a 1000 mile or 1600 kilometer race between Yukon and Alaska, and they rocked it. Not only that, but the race seems to have brought them closer together. How did they do that? Well, we're going to talk about the race, of course, but also how they got there. We recorded this episode in their kitchen, so it's a little bit echoey, and you might hear my dog Jerry pacing in the background. The first thing I wanted to get from Carmen and Crispin is a little bit of a backstory about their relationship, and I asked how long they've been together now. I didn't count days, so you can do that. (laughs) Uh, it's about three and a half years, I think. Yeah, that sounds about right. So we actually met sort of at the peak of uh, COVID times. I was thinking about that today because I was, I, for some reason, I thought it was before the pandemic. So I was like, has it been four years? Because I remember when you guys met and I don't know, we were biking or something, Carmen, and you're like, I met this man, Crispin. And you like, were just talking a lot about Crispin. And I was like, oh my God. How long is this going to last? Not the relationship, but just the lovey-dovey. It was very sweet. Uh, how did you guys meet? Well, we told a lot of different stories about fondue parties and raclette parties, but actually it was the like peak COVID time when nobody was uh, talking to anybody. So we met on Tinder. <laughs> I know you met on Tinder. 
Did you think that was a secret? Uh, not to you. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And Crispin, I'm guessing that Carmen had a photo of a canoe in her profile somewhere. I don't remember. There was like a really awkward picture that she loved, but I didn't like of her at a glass blow studio or something. Uh, yes, I think so. Yeah. But we did start talking about paddling almost right away. No, biking first. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and Carmen, did you know that Crispin was a musher? He must have had some dog pictures in his profile. He didn't, but... I did. I had one from the Percy. Okay. On the Yukon River by 40 miles. But immediately, I, I think one of the first questions I asked was, are you that Crispin? And oh, yeah. he, he was like, yes, I am that Crispin. Oh, yeah. Crispin's like in the dog mushing world is like pretty Yukon famous. I guess so, yeah. We realized, well, after you guys started dating that I'd interviewed Crispin a few years ago after one of his local wins. Yeah, the silver sled, I think. The silver sled in Haines Junction. Crispin, or Carmen, what was it you used to say about if you were still single at 40? Oh, I said if I was still single when I was 40, I was going to move out of town and get a dog team. I was going to just fully commit and, and get a dog team. So the running joke became that her mom actually paid me to date her to make sure she doesn't get a dog team. <laughs> That's funny, right? Because then by the time you guys met, you decided to retire from competitive Yeah, mushing. I did like probably a year before I met her. Right. Because how many, like, so let's, just to give people an idea, like how many, what kinds of races were you doing? Like the distances and things? I was doing mostly 200, 300 mile races, local 30, 50, 100 mile races. Did the Yukon Quest, 1,000 mile a couple of times. Right, the Yukon Quest, that's between Whitehorse and Fairbanks, Alaska. Yes. Okay, is that the longest one you did? Yes, that's the longest. Crispin, were you a paddler when you and Carmen met? No, but our second date was a paddler. <laughs> that must have been a test. Okay, so <laughs> Carmen, you though um, have identified probably as a paddler for a while now. <laughs> yes, yes I have. Tell us a little bit about that part of your self. Yeah, in 2013, 13, I got asked to be in a women's voyager team to, on the Yukon River Quest. Um, I thought it was kind of a one-off. I was going to do this race and, and that was going to be it. Um, Ten years later, I'm still uh, marathon paddling. Um, it's kind of hard to explain why because there's lots of other fun things that I do uh, as well. And definitely the paddling kind of or the, the flat water paddling kind of takes away from that and the training. Um, but uh, I guess I just really love it. So when I met Crispin and he was interested in, in flat water paddling, I was like, oh, this is great. For those who aren't as familiar with Yukon River Quest, uh, first of all, like, what's a, what's a Voyager canoe? A Voyager canoe is um, six or more paddlers in the same canoe. So they're modeled. Some of the, the bigger boats are modeled off of um, the canoes that the, the Voyagers, the fur traders, uh, would have used to carry a lot of goods uh, on the river. But now you can put a whole bunch of people in them and make them go pretty fast. So um, they're a really good way to get into long-distance paddling because uh, you're with lots of people. They're super stable. Um, but there are also Voyager canoes that are narrow, uh, and tippy and really, really fast, uh, for, for racing. So, um, the Yukon River Quest is 
just over 700 kilometers from Whitehorse to Dawson. Um, and, you know, times can be from under 50 hours to over 60 hours. Right. And that's a race where there's a couple sort of mandatory rest periods, but otherwise you're paddling hour, like 24 hours kind of thing. Yeah. How many, so how many river quests do you have under your belt now, Carmen, and in what different vessels? Uh, four and a half, and uh, I've done it in Voyager, uh, a C4, so a four-person canoe, a solo kayak, and a tandem kayak. And the tandem kayak I did last year as a training run for the Yukon 1000, um, but I just you can do half the river quest, which is a really great race, actually, to Carmax, so I did that last year. Um with a 70 plus year old like total riot of a guy from I'm gonna get the state wrong now Minnesota yeah that's right so uh, anyway that kind of starts to lead into the Yukon 1000 story but um yeah so four and a half times I've done okay let's jump back to now your second date so I'm guessing it was Carmen's idea to go paddling yeah I didn't do much talking at all the first few dates. <laughs> <laughs> I proposed the first bike ride and then spent about an hour and a half listening to Carmen. <laughs> and she then proposed to go paddling. So like, sure, let's do that. Well, Carmen must have been a very good uh, talker. Very interesting if you decided a second date was in order. Yeah, no, she, I realized she's fun. Okay, so who was in the bow and who was in the stern? Well, on the first few dates, I was in the bow and she was in the stern. Okay. But we switched it up now. Carmen, what was your impression? Being a paddler, when you were in the canoe together, were you watching his stroke? (laughs) I was uh, improving his stroke, in fact. Were you, like, telling him what to do? Yes. I was. Um, But he asked. He was actually interested. Okay. So there wasn't, like, conflict on the second date? No. That's good. So obviously things are working out. You guys are dating. At what point, Crispin, did you start to get more interested in paddling, like the competitive aspect of paddling? Probably almost a year in, like she was like, hey, Crispin, I'm going to do River Quest. You should do the, find a friend and do River Quest too. So that was in 2021. And I was supposed to do it with a friend of mine at JF. But then River Quest got canceled like 12 hours before the start. So that didn't happen. And that was because of the flooding that year, right? The river was so That's high. That's right, yes. Yeah. So you did all the training but didn't get to paddle. Yes. So then you probably had to do it the next year. Then I ended up doing it actually in a six-person canoe with totally different crew the next year. Carmen, um, you and Crispin had like a little bit of like a competitive rivalry when Crispin started paddling because paddling was your thing. And I feel like maybe you were happy that he was partaking in it, but also like a little bit competitive with him. Well, that didn't change yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I had a little bit of an identity crisis about it, you know, to be a little exa- over exaggerated about it. But yeah, I, I, you know, you know, paddling stupidly long distances has kind of been a thing. Um, that I, I, I guess has become part of my identity. And then I started dating Crispin who had this identity as this really good musher. And I was like, okay. And, and then also he's a really good biker and like long distance fat bike races. And then he gets in a canoe and immediately is really good at that too. He's one of these people who's just good at everything. And actually, the year that River Quest got canceled, there was a, a small race from CarMax to Dawson. 
um, which he did with a friend of his and won. Um, and, and actually going back a little bit, even before that, when he started training for River Quest, um, he's like, oh yeah, I know this, this guy, Solomon Carrier. And I was like, Solomon Carrier, that guy's a legend in marathon canoe paddling in Canada, in actually in North America, really. And so Crispin actually went up and like learned to paddle from one of these really great guys and immediately became a way better paddler than me. So then I was conflicted about how I was going to, <laughs> how I was going to share this, this part of my life. Like I was already sharing a lot of my life with Crispin and now, and now this, but, um, it turns out it's actually, it's really great. It is. Oh, that's so sweet. There was a moment there. There was a moment there. <laughs> Chrisman, did you know that Carmen was having this like internal kind of... Yeah, she was very honest about it. Because mm, Carmen's a talker, so we, we exactly. she probably told you. <laughs> and she was like, yeah, but you know, my family thinks I'm really good. But then if you're better, what are they going to think of me now? <laughs> Okay, so you guys were, you for the first few years, doing your own races. Were you training together a lot? Uh, first year, not much. A little bit. And then we got a canoe. So we've sort of ha- had this problem now that we got like more than one boat. And then they just reproduce when you don't <laughs> watch. They suddenly you have a backyard full of boats. But we got this, uh, it's called a pro boat. It's a pretty tippy, like lower volume canoe that... I mean, it moves really fast. So the pro boat, we start, we paddled together. Yeah. Actually, we started doing that quite a bit. They're like too fast and too tippy for river quest, too dangerous to go through five finger rapids or a lake. So or, you couldn't do that. Or to put like more than a water bottle in it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So good for flat water training. Yes. Yeah. Or calm yeah. water. Okay. When did you guys start banding around the idea of doing a race together? Well, we didn't. It about was, two weeks before the Yukon 1000 last year. <laughs> I was adamant that I was never going to race with Crispin. I liked him way too much. I thought it was too risky for a relationship. Um, I've, I mean, I've been around RiverQuest enough that I know that it's hard on, on people's friendships. There are people who uh, don't speak to each other again, either ever or for a long time so I was really uh, well and you know the canoe has the nickname of being the divorce boat so I said no I'll I'll never I'll never race with Crispin um but it's also hard to race against Crispin like I don't really want to be in the same race as him and not be on his team either because I'd I'd have to race against him and that's hard Um, so I, I actually was registered for the Yukon 1000. So the Yukon 1000 is a thousand mile paddle race from Whitehorse to the Dalton Highway Bridge in Alaska. You briefly pop up over the Arctic Circle and go back down again. And you were actually registered pretty much when I met you. That's true, actually, that first summer. The first few weeks. Yeah. I, I don't know. Maybe I registered to impress you and then... (laughs) With another guy to impress me. <laughs> oh, I remember. Right. Okay. Right. A, f- a friend a- from overseas. Yes. Uh, yeah. We'll just leave it at that. So a friend of mine from the UK uh, who had done quite a few races in the Yukon as well. Uh, he was going to come over and, and do the thousand with me. To be honest, I don't think 
so there's an application process for the Yukon 1000. And I think he thought, we'll just put our name in and, and I'll humor Carmen. And then we got selected. And I think right from the start, he was probably like, oh no, how's this going to go? So, uh, the first year, um, it was canceled for COVID. And then the next year after the half river quest, uh, I got really, really sick. Some people might say I had COVID. <laughs> you didn't have any smell left or taste. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't. I couldn't smell. I couldn't taste. So it's probably COVID. But um, yeah, I was. I was super sick right before the race, uh, so I didn't do it. But um, so about three weeks before my partner. So first it was like, oh yeah, I'm not going to be able to make it for the, for the Yukon quest, but I'm definitely going to make it for the thousand. And then about two weeks before the Yukon 1000, this, uh, I'm air quoting friend of mine, um, who I haven't talked to since actually. Oh, (laughs) uh, he said, oh yeah, I got this job offer I can't refuse I think he actually was going to be a medic in for some film production in Africa like I think it was legit a good deal but uh, still like okay. this this thing you've been training for it and also like it's a financial commitment like it, it's not a cheap race either it's, no and I I bought a kayak a, like a, a brand new tandem kayak which is not cheap either um so he just pulled the plug it's funny though because Crispin and I had been joking for I don't know, all winter maybe like, Oh, what happens if he's not going to come? Like, are we going to race together? And my, my grandma and my mom were very concerned about me racing with another man. And they were, they never told me they, yeah, that's news to me. They did not really like that. Why don't you just do the race with Crispin? And I was like, cause I like Crispin. And I think that it's hard to like somebody in this race. Um, so yeah, so then like super last minute, uh, Crispin was going to be, uh, was going to sub in, uh, like a champ. But they never kayaked at that moment. (laughs) Oh yeah. Only canoes. I forgot that part. (laughs) So it was a bit of a mixed blessing that you got sick, I suppose, and didn't, didn't have to do the race that year. That was a good thing, I think. I think so. So instead we, we took the kayak and we went, uh, we went paddled on Atlan Lake for a few days and like. It was beautiful, but it wasn't the Yukon 1000. Yeah, let's let's talk more about this Yukon 1000. So you said it's a thousand miles. So it calls itself the world's longest canoe race, right? Or paddle race. I guess you can canoe or kayak or stand up paddleboard. Yeah, that's right. And what's the, how does it differ from RiverQuest? What's the format of it? So you have to stop each night for six hours. Like they, you have trackers. GPS trackers, and uh, you have to stop for six hours at night. Well, that's pretty cushy. You're only paddling 18 hours a day. That's actually pretty easy. <laughs> <laughs> you get five hours of sleep each night. That's nice. Okay, so you guys decided, so once you canceled, you deferred for last year. Then from that point on, you were like both, you were full in for training for the 2023 race. Yeah, there was no way that I could sub Crispin out. Like he was pretty excited. He was more. He was actually more excited than I was. Yeah, for most of the <laughs> most of the time. Hey, Mark, what's your longest relationship? Well, that's awfully personal, Karen. I ask because mine is with Uconstruct. I've been working at a co-space for years. I love the work vibe, meeting rooms, and professional connections. Yeah, right. That's what brought us together. It's really cool on the make space side too. 
There are wooden metal shops, electronics lab, a sewing loft, and the podcast studio where we record Frisky. Go to Yukonstruct.com to learn more. It's one relationship we know you won't regret. How did the training go? So after having trained for a race for a few years, and I think everybody can relate to the few years of of COVID of like things are going to happen, they don't happen, you get excited, you you get disappointed. Um, it really kind of was getting to me. Um, and Crispin had been, had done the river quest in 2022 as well. Um, and I, I kind of was like, I've been training on and off for paddling races for 10 years. I'm kind of like we paddle up and down the same pieces of river a lot. So our training was really about getting time in the boat, uh, but enjoying being in the boat. Uh, and enjoying being out on the river with each other. So we didn't have a really, we tried to make sure that we got out at least two or three times a week, but it wasn't super structured. And if it was a nice day, we went longer. If it was really miserable, we didn't go as long, but we made sure to get out. So in the end, I didn't think we trained very much, but. Yeah. And then I added up the training log and it was over a hundred hours by the start line, which is a lot. Of like on water time, there's other things on top, like biking and skiing and some strength training and things like that. What? Why do you think the canoe is the divorce boat? Like, or that it's called that? Like, what? What is hard about being in a canoe with your partner? Well, I guess if you argue, you can't leave, or you swim, but it's not fun. <laughs> and also, like, I don't know. Well, you have to work as a team, and if you don't have the same goals i think it can get really hard really fast did you guys there must have been moments like even in your training that you kind of butted heads or had some conflict was there in training uh, not well, a little bit not really though but it took a while i'd spent a lot more time in canoes and pack rafts and kayaks than crispin had and maybe he doesn't didn't realize it maybe i'm just surprising him with this now but it took me a while to to trust him in the boat it took me a while to just relax and and really uh accept that like he does a really great job steering the boat and i think that's one of the big conflict points in the canoe is that um yes you can both steer but largely the steering is coming from the stern and sometimes in the bow you're like why are we going this way what we should be going more this way. Um, and that's something that we worked on bit by bit through training. And, and by the time we got to the race, like we were so comfortable in the boat and, and like steering the boat together that, yeah, there's a lot of trust. And that's a big part of, so the Yukon 1000, so you basically had already done half the race a, a few times, like the part to Dawson, the half, but like uh, picking the right channel and steering is a huge part of it, isn't it? In terms of like finding the right yeah, current. Yeah, like and... that is actually very, very important. And that's kind of gave us a huge advantage to have more time practice that because Yukon River had like average maybe eight kilometers an hour current. A lot of river throughout the world have much less current. So for us training in the situation that we're going to race in was a big advantage. Mm-hmm. Okay, so how, how did the race go? Oh, sorry, Jerry, that's my dog. We can hear her paws clicking on the floor, <laughs> begging for attention. Uh, so how did the race go? Maybe I should just jump to 
something that so Chris or Carmen wrote these lovely things on her Facebook summarizing the race, and she talked about how Crispin, you kind of treated her like one of your dogs on a dog team. <laughs> yeah, I guess. <laughs> and she meant that in a good way. Well, yeah, so the musher have to take good care of your teammates, being the dogs. So I think we just applied the same idea to the canoe. Like pretty much every morning we started paddling and we were like, so what are our priorities today? And first and all is taking care of each other and of ourselves. What's your little expression that you'd say in the canoe? Was there one? It was like, let's go racing. Or which one was it? Was that the one? Uh, yeah, it was like, let's go boys and girls or something like no, that. No, like when I... Um, I can't find it now. Kind of when I was very motivated. Oh yeah, let's go racing boys and girls. Yeah, when I was very motivated, like kind of like in dog marching, when it kind of came to crunch time where you have to put on a move, try to put a bit of distance to, uh, to the competition. Well, I often just to perk up my dogs, I told them, let's go racing. So when I was like, after you ate some caffeine pills and we're getting all perky, we're like, okay, let's go racing now. <laughs> and it, it worked for me, just like for the dogs. <laughs> Did you get some scratches behind the ears too? Too far. Too far away. Yeah. <laughs> oh, right. Okay, okay. <laughs> we're about like three meters apart. <laughs> what was your goal heading into this huge race? Okay, actually first, we should back up. So sorry, we know the format of the race, we know the distance, but who goes in this race? Like you said, there's an application process. So um, they vet people and you guys ended up being the only Canadian team, right? Yeah. For this year, yeah. Yeah. And actually we were the first uh, UConn team to... All UConn team. All UConn team. So there's one other UConner that's done the race, but we were the first full UConn team to to do the 1000 which is crazy right people listening to this would be like what the race starts in the yukon how is that possible but it's really like the organizers are european and it's just it's a bit more of a it draws more of an international crowd hey it it used to be organized by a local white horse guy you know i think part of it is that when people do the river quest and they get to dawson they feel like a bag of poo like it feels awful you you don't like you look at the river and you're like, I may never paddle again. And I certainly am not going to get in a boat and keep paddling past Dawson. You, it's for most people, it's kind of unimaginable. Um, but it's the format of the thousand that's different that you do get some rest and you get to recover. So, um, well, and you get the rest at night, which is different than in Carmax, which may be seven in the morning or four in the afternoon. Right, when you get there and you like you have your mandatory rest, but you might not actually be able to sleep. Exactly. Whereas if you stop between 11 and 5 in the, at night, you actually sleep properly. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it actually was like in a lot of ways a more enjoyable race. Oh, yeah. yeah. Or, yes. <laughs> Different, Long, but... Longer, yeah. Yeah, but yeah, I think people just, you know, have that <laughs> sort of experience and that it's really like in their mind that they don't want to go past Dawson, but actually... It gets way, way better past Dawson. So, and there was teams from all over the world in this race, right? Like America, yeah, there Europe, were American, New Zealand, Australia, UK, USA. Okay, the whole thing. Okay, so then back to my question, I was getting at what, what was your goal heading into this race? Well, for me, I'm quite competitive. Like my goal is usually to win or at least make the winner suffer. <laughs> 
That's a, I love that. That's great. But uh, then I was kind of like, yeah, I'm not sure if Carmen and I have what it takes to actually do that. So I kind of decided to not have really, like to have a good time, to get along, like to not have any fights with Carmen, to really just have a good time together. And uh, so for me, that was the goal I had going into the race. Like I, on purpose, like, no, this is not going to be a race that you're going to be there just to win. Yeah, and I wanted to have a good race in like technically good race in terms of, um, you know, making sure we weren't overstaying our, our rest time and that we were prepared and we were efficient um, and just, yeah, just a, like a really good clean race and, and enjoy it. And, and most importantly, like that my relationship with Crispin was intact at the end. That was... yeah. No, like definitely the goal was to be efficient and not to waste time, things like that. But it wasn't to come compete for first place. Okay, so to get down to, to business, um, sort of in like a abbreviated form, how did the race go? Really fucking good. So... <laughs> <laughs> and yes, you can say fuck on this podcast. <laughs> it was fun. <laughs> no, like we first day we were about tent ish something somewhere along there you don't really know because you don't have outside communication and then we started picking up teams and like fuck yeah that's fun and then all of a sudden like we were fifth and then we were third and then we were second and then in eagle like just past halfway you have to go on shore and go uh register at the border we met the first team and like they're actually right there. So for then on this race, like seriously racing for three and a half days. And I saw aside from Carmen, I didn't expect to ever see. I don't think she knew she had it. What was that side? Very, very competitive. Like we called it like, what did you say? It was rootless, ridiculous and relentless. Relentless. <laughs> <laughs> that was Carmen's competitive side. Well, both of us. Yeah. The whole race was kind of, we raced ruthlessly, relentlessly, but it was also kind of ridiculous. And I, the, so the first place team was a couple of women from uh, Estonia with quite a paddling resume and they were in a kayak. So you realized you couldn't beat them speed wise being in a canoe. So you were trying to outsmart them on the river. Yeah. So that's where our water reading uh, expertise came in, like they would go to shallow, slower moving water and you would stay more in the fast water. And kind of like, that's how we were able to keep up with them. Then but then the last part, the last three hours was like just straight stretch with no current to be, no advantage to be anywhere in the river. So they were gone. So at a certain point you realize, okay, we're, we're not going to catch them. But you, how did you feel then when you realized you were going to finish second? Well, it was second, but it was also, we were the first canoe um, and we talked a lot. So the, the, we didn't go into the race um, with this sort of attachment to the canoe and wanting to kind of, you know, prove what the canoe could do. But that it kind of turned into that. So we really um, we were just really proud to race the particular boat that we were in and and to really like be that close with a really competitive kayak team. Yeah, a bunch of, bunch of folks, including myself, well, we're watching you on the tracker. Uh, you had a lot of fans. Actually, I wasn't watching you on the tracker, but one of our friends was, and so I was getting the the play-by-play -play and uh, very exciting and amazing that 
like you were racing like that whole anyway you had what it was six days and nine hours yeah 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 and we were racing racing like three well three kind of it's kind of started four days but then like really intense with like three three and a half days where it was like do I have 30 seconds to put sunscreen on or do I get a sunburn I I guess it's a sunburn wow right it's all down to the the minute and the second yeah no it was like there was no really downtime whatsoever well so that's is a good segue into like you guys even managed to like um line up your poops that's the ridiculous part. <laughs> um, can you tell me about the tan? I, I knew, I knew this was going to come up. Well, so at one point, Carmen's like, yeah, we're in first place and they're not even pushing that hard. It's like, Carmen, a few hours ago, we're like, we both had to go. So we like choose a gravel bar that was right against the current. So you lose the least amount of time getting out of the current. We jumped out of the boat. And like one was in front, one was in the back, holding on the canoe, doing their business, and then just jumping back in. And she's like, I I guess it just floated away. Like, no, no, I saw the color of it. It's the same as mine. Like, I know what's going on. <laughs> so, yeah, that was the ridiculous part. But like, we had it down to like, maybe two minutes lost. <laughs> like, it was, Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. That brings a relationship to a, a whole new level when you're pooping 17 feet apart or however long your canoe 18 is. 18 and a half. 18 and a half feet apart. <laughs> but it was like, I mean, one of the really nice things and, and since the race has been over that we kind of reflected on or I reflected on and Crispin just agreed with me because that's what he does. No, I'm joking. Um, we, ha- we had one focus during the race and it was to well especially when we started being in first place it was like let's try to win this race and whatever we were doing was to move that boat forward faster so in life we have Crispin has kids we have family we have jobs we have dogs we have Crispin wants to buy you know do a a fat bike race I want to do another paddling race we have all these things that we want to do and all these different priorities that pull us different places but when we were racing and we were in the boat we only had one one goal and we were both focused on the same goal and and that was something that I, I wasn't expecting and that was like really incredible so it did lead to ridiculous things like you know synchronized pooping but <laughs> there was a lot of a lot of really beautiful things too yeah. about it but we now close the bathroom door again <laughs> just, <laughs> just to be clear you're like okay you go in the bathroom <laughs> and the timing is off again like. <laughs> what what was the one moment on the river that you felt most connected pretty much the whole thing like there wasn't a moment where there was like not connected i think it was also one of our advantages that we were already we were we were close in a in lots of intimate kind of ways um but we were we were laughing we were like having a good time often and i think people we paddled by i was saying like oh i feel like they're like they're like energy vampires and they just paddle with us and we just give them this like boost of energy because we're just having so much fun out here but I think one of the times 
that we were like particularly close. Like we started, Crispin started whistling this song. And then we had this sort of like whistling duet that was very off time and not very good. It was awesome. But it was so great. Like it was so great that we had this little thing. I think it would have made the top 10 charts. (laughs) (laughs) Carmen, I think you said in your Facebook page that not only is your relationship intact, but it, it maybe like even brought you guys even closer together in ways you didn't think were possible. I'm not directly quoting you here, I'm paraphrasing, but uh, can you, how do you explain that? Just realizing that, um, what can I say, having a common goal makes life really easy. And I think even in regular life, if we can keep having a common goal. But I think also um, we got to see each other at our at our best and see each other really thriving. You know, it's really easy to get naggy about dishes and socks on the floor and things like that. And and sometimes we're not at our best. Um, but out there, like I, I knew that Crispin had this way of racing and competing that works really well. And I didn't understand what it what it was. Um, and then I saw it and I got to be and not only that I saw it, but I got to be part of it. And we got to be part of a, a team that did really well. So that was pretty that was pretty special yeah it's like pretty much all races i did was with my teammates they wouldn't really talk back ever <laughs> a bit or on like the they, couldn't side. Share, they couldn't share memories after the race so that was actually really nice to do a race with carmen and having like stories and memories together now it was funny too when we got to the end we because we'd been working so closely together and uh you know, sharing everything and depending on each other too. It's don't forget it's a remote race where if something goes wrong, your your teammates you know, probably the only person that's gonna help you out of it. Um, so we were really dependent on each other. We got to the end and I like didn't really want to let Crispin out of my sight. It was like this sort of Stockholm syndrome kind of <laughs> in a nice Stockholm way. syndrome. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I expected to hear tonight. <laughs> Can you erase that? <laughs> <laughs> no, it was, uh, yeah, I just, I just felt really close, um, but also, like, also very protective um, of, of Crispin afterwards. Yeah, it was great to see you too, like I said, in the hours after your race when you were both just glowing and on this huge high. So, uh, so great uh, that it went really well and... Uh, Congratulations. And uh, if there's any sponsors chomping at the bit, how can they find you guys? Oh, just give me a call. (laughs) Ask ask Karen where I'm at. (laughs) Email Frisky North of 60 if you want to sponsor Carmen and Crispin's next race or perhaps this podcast and we'll hook you up. (laughs) Yes. All right. Thanks again, guys. I know. You're wondering, are Carmen and Crispin going to do another race? The short answer is yes, but Carmen's next race isn't with Crispin. It's actually in Alabama. She kind of got headhunted for that one, but it sounds like Crispin is going to help with the logistical side of that, so they still will be a team. Crispin also has some long-distance races in their future, so I'm sure they will be in the water together tandeming again soon. And now, how you can win this month's Eclipse Nordic Hot Springs double admission 
All you have to do is go to our Facebook page and answer a poll about the divorce boat. It's only one question, easy peasy. Answer the question and then like the post and you'll be entered to win. We'll tell you who's the winner on next month's episode. You can't give your dates a rating, but you can rate us. So go ahead, give us a review wherever you get your podcasts. Unless it's below four stars, then don't bother. This episode was recorded in and around Whitehorse, Yukon. Sometimes we use the podcast studio at Yukonstruct, and sometimes we take Frisky on the road. Our music is by Anthony Vega, Sexy Time. Oh, we like fan mail. So send us some. Get in touch through Facebook, the Twitter, or email us at friskynorthof60 at gmail.com. That's friskynorthof6060 at gmail.com. Stay frisky. Stay frisky, everybody. You know the Pierre Burton thing? Like all good Canadians must know how to have sex in a canoe. No, we still haven't. (laughs) She gave me like, as a housewarming party, like two months after we met, a cup that with that quote on it. But yeah, those boats are a bit tippy. Maybe you have to borrow a a regular canoe for somebody. Voyager. (laughs) Not group sex. (laughs) Every good Canadian must know, must have an orgy and a canoe. (laughs)